Welcome to Wellness with Emsi. This podcast is proudly brought to you by thewellnessaffair.com. In a world where there is a contradicting mix of information surrounding health and wellness, it can be hard to work out what is really good for us. Traditionally, health is thought of as just exercising and eating right, when in actual fact, there are many facets of health, and to hold optimal levels of health, our physical, spiritual, emotional, mental and social health needs to be in good shape. So it may be challenging to maintain a healthful and abundant lifestyle while juggling work, kids, relationships, life challenges and all the rest in between if we aren't taking care of all the aspects of our health. If you're looking for all things health and wellness, you've come to the right place. My name is Emma, aka Emsy, and as a PT, health coach, and nutritional advisor, I'm passionate about inspiring others to rediscover their healthy. Join me as I explore what it means to be healthy and well in 2020. Get ready to delve in as we chat about social convention, fads, and diets, and listen in as we chat with authenticity and vulnerability about some of the struggles myself and my guests have encountered along the way. On today's episode, I'm talking to an incredible lady who is a mum to two grown, beautiful women. She's an aged care nurse and she's had her own fair share of trauma and challenges over the years. Six weeks ago, she lost her best friend and husband to cancer, and she still found the time to chat to me about her own experiences with health. I may be a bit biased, but yes, she's my mum, so why wouldn't I be? For anyone who knows her, they know she's not really an open book, and she's quite a private person, so it was an honour to have her participate in a project I'm so passionate about. Listen in as I chat to her about some of the health issues she's had to overcome in the last few years. So today I'm interviewing my mum who's going to um, chat to us a little bit about her health and the ups and downs she's experienced. So thanks mum for joining us. That's okay, you're quite welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so you were diagnosed with Wagner's vasculitis in 2016. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, can you explain it? Uh-huh. Um, the is is an uncommon disorder which causes inflammation of the blood cells in the nose, sinus, throat, lungs and kidney. Formerly yep. called Wagner's granulatosis, now vasculitis, this condition is one of a group of blood vessels disorders called vasculitis. So it's like an autoimmune disease? Autoimmune system disease yep. where the body mistakenly attacks your own tissues, yep. which damages all the things we just read, your organs, your lungs, your kidneys, throat, nose. Yeah. In my case, I had uh, my eyes swollen and my ears pain. Yeah. So what triggers this autoimmune disease? What triggered it for you? They don't know. They said bad luck. Okay. They said it was caused either by 
hereditary, yep. which it's not, or chemical or environmental. Okay. Those were the three that I was given. Yeah. But mostly it's bad luck. One in 20,000 people get it. So it's not hereditary? It is, yeah. Okay. It can be for people, but it's not for me because you would have three or four other people in the family with the same um, okay. symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what was your health and lifestyle like before you were diagnosed with Wagner's? Uh, I was sick and I had cryptogenic organised pneumonia <laughs> for the 12 months previous. Before you got sick, would you say that you were healthy? Uh, well, I was overweight, yeah. not anymore. Uh, I drank probably too much. Yeah. The doctor said alcohol didn't play a part in my disease. Yeah. Um, I was reasonably healthy. We went for walks along the beach and stuff like that. We did, you know, work around the yard. Yeah. I was overweight. I was fat. <laughs> well, not fat, large. <laughs> I was probably about 67, 68 kilos. And when they put me on steroids for cryptogenic organised pneumonia, which was wrong. Yeah. I put on about 10 kilos because they were shoveling steroids into me like they were going out of fashion. Yeah. So before that, you were healthy, like you exercised yeah. and you ate properly and stuff like that. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to, you, you had to be healthy for your job. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to be fit enough to do your job, but they just told you, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for people listening, you worked in aged care as an aged care nurse? Yeah. Yeah, so you obviously had to be healthy and fit around the elderly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you were sick for ages because they kept telling you had pneumonia. Uh, what other symptoms did you have with the pneumonia? Um, just feeling very drained and um, not well. Feeling unwell, drained, no energy and regular um, trips to hospital with um, immune-generated pneumonia, which yeah. was white spots throughout both lungs, probably yeah. all of them. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't work. That was terrible. Yeah, okay. So how much time did you have off work while they were saying that you had pneumonia? I had probably four months off, then I went back to work, then I had three months off. Yeah. Then I went back to work and then I ended up with Wagner's. So in total, I had 14 months off work. Yeah, okay. So you were sick for about 18 months and they kept saying to you you'd been to see specialists, like health professionals regarding your lungs, your nose, your throat, and then they eventually figured out what was wrong. But what was it like seeing all those doctors and then misdiagnosing your condition and telling you to go home? scary because your father thought I was going to die. Yeah. So, but, was it frustrating? Um, very. Yeah. Because I'd say to the doctor, I'm not well, and he could see I wasn't well, could lift my head off a pillow, yeah. but he still wanted to go home and then just go to the doctor's the next day. The doctor freaked out. And yeah. in the end, they gave me painkillers for what was kidney failure. Yeah. They gave me tartan, which closed my kidneys down because I'm allergic to it. Okay. So that was the, that was the um, second time. The third time I went to hospital in an ambulance and they tried to send me home. But these are all junior doctors. So I've got a, a lot of uh, thanks for the doctors that helped me not die. 
yeah. fixed it and made sure that you know, all the dialysis and chemo and all that was paid for. Yeah. I worked out the chemo last night and without anything else, blood transfusions, um, dialysis, about 54,600 in chemo. Wow. And I'm doing it every six months so that it's even more now. But yeah. 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 So I'm very grateful for the yeah. um, system. Um, so I remember the day you were taken to hospital because I remember Dad had rang me in a panic um, saying how unwell you were and that he called, called an ambulance. Your condition had gone downhill quite rapidly. Tell us about that day. Um, I don't really remember much of that day. I lost it. It's not, it's not in my memory bags because I was too sick to um, acknowledge anything. Okay. But I remember Dad calling an ambulance, sticking a nurse at me. Yeah. Um, getting bundled into the ambulance, taken into casualty, mm-hmm. then being transferred to a different hospital with better facilities. Yeah. Um, then uh, that night, I was put on a bed and rolled into uh, to have a biopsy, a kidney biopsy. Mm-hmm. Then I went to chemo. Then I did dialysis. I got to bed at five thirty that morning when they brought me back to my room. Yeah. And then I'm back to do di- um, dialysis for uh, twice a day for about 13 days. Yeah. So, and in between I had blood transfusions. It was very scary. I thought I was going to die. I was just about to ask, the next question I had was, what were your thoughts that night when they transferred you to another hospital? Did you think you were going to be okay? No, I was, I was too sick to even think about it. Yeah. I lift my head off a pillow. It was just... Yeah. During the 13 days in hospital, I thought about it, so I'm very lucky to be alive. Yeah. So what had happened, they obviously misdiagnosed the um, Wagner's, which your body is fighting itself to, to shut everything down, so your kidneys are starting to shut down, and then they've given you antibiotics that you're allergic to, which doesn't help either. What was, what was yeah. your... Um, Oh, painkillers, sorry. What was your um, kidney function by the time they got you to hospital? 14%. And what's it meant to be? 100? Yep. Okay. So you obviously had dialysis and everything after that. Yeah, I'm very lucky I've got on dialysis for life and I needed an organ transplant. They said if I'd left it for a month more, I would have been on dialysis. There wouldn't have been nothing they could do. So my symptoms presented at the right time so that I wasn't on dialysis for life. Yeah. When they diagnosed you, did you just go, finally someone's figured out what's wrong with me and I'm going to get better? I thought that, yeah. But I did get better and there's no cure for it. So I'm never going to get better. I just have to manage it. Yeah. So fast forward three weeks and you've you've had your dialysis treatment for your kidneys and you're starting to feel better you get to go home but you've got to modify your lifestyle what sort of things did you have to do now that they figured out you've got Wagner's um oh I had lots of things to do I had to go to doctors every third day yeah be checked out to make sure that they weren't going to send me back to hospital Mm-hmm. I had to change my diet, which food was disgusting anyway because the chemo gives you a metallic taste in your mouth, so everything tastes like metal. So, so why did they give you chemo? What's that for? To um, stop the toxins in my body from 
So wipe out your immune system so it stops attacking itself? No, my immune system is overactive. Okay. So it, it, um, it helps attack my body the, to the, the, the tissues. Mm-hmm. And the blood becomes very toxic. I had full blood transfusions and platelet replacements. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what sort of things did you have to change in your lifestyle when you went home? I had to change food. Food. Yeah. I had to um, get it. I had to go to physio. Mm-hmm. My food. I had no processed salt, um, condiment, fat. Yeah. Um, milk. They told me at the same time that I was a borderline celiac and borderline lactose intolerant, which explains mm-hmm. yours. So. Yeah. But they said because I'd been just eat it, it was fine, and, and um, I could probably continue on, but. I weaned myself back on the cheese, but I can't drink dairy, milk. Yeah. So what was physio for? Physio was to build back the muscle that I'd lost during the time that I was um, sick because you lose your muscle mass. Okay. And I had to build all that strength back up so that I could... Because I could pull myself up from squatting position off the floor when I, you know... Yeah. Bent down to turn on the uh, telly or something like that. Yeah. I couldn't get back up. I had to, uh, you know, roll over and crawl back and try and pull myself up on the coffee table or the lounge or something like that. Yeah. So, and that'd and be quite frustrating lungs, too. Because my lungs were failed the same time as my kidneys did. Only they're okay today. Yeah. And my nose has um, huge big polyps up the, right up the back where you breathe. That's why I sound a bit funky. Yeah. But... Um, they won't take them out because they're afraid that I'll bleed too much and I'll die. Yeah. So okay. I have to learn to live with them. Yeah. And the other reason why I sound like I do and lose my voice is because they put um, a camera on my nose and tell me that my vocal cords swell and it's my immune system doing it to me. So it's Wagner's trying to yeah. get at me. So, so you got a lot going on. Like, it's not just that you've got yeah. an autoimmune disease and you have to change your food. There's lots of lots of changes in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did it take to get it, everything under control? Do you have to take any precautions now? Um, yes. And it took probably about just over two years and they said I was in remission. Okay. And they, they said it was under control then, but then I ended up in the hospital four months later. So that was the end of that. Yeah. So I haven't been in remission since, but the last time I went to the doctors, which was um, in February, um, they told me that my kidney function was at 88%, which okay. hasn't been anywhere near that in four years. Yeah, so that's so, pretty good. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that it'll stay there. It's just... Yeah. It yeah. goes up and down. I had a race with 74, 76, 78, then go back down, right down to 51, and then I have to climb back up again. And yeah. If your kidney function is high, they don't want to see you for six months. So I'm still on monthly visits again. So what so, makes it drop? Um, just your body. Whatever okay. your body's doing at the time. Because yeah. the disease just wants to kill me. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so what has been your biggest realisation or lesson in regards to your health? To go to the doctors and don't be stubborn. Yeah. You're going to be okay, but you're not. <laughs> You just put it in the back of your mind and pretend it's not happening. 
doctors like misdiagnosing you over and over again have have you lost confidence in the health system or the abilities of health professionals yes <laughs> but to be fair to them they um they did um, do a lot for me mm-hmm. and eventually someone with a bit more experience said no to the junior doctor who was in casualty they should have senior and junior doctors on together rather than just having some young stuck up perhaps saying you know this is we can't find anything wrong with you and if you had kidney failure you, it wouldn't be shooting all up your back well yes it did yeah but yeah he sent me home with kidney failure trying to kill me yeah do you think there needs to be a different approach to to health probably yeah i think so well probably because um, they need to not just fog you off, and yeah. that's what they did to me because it was a public health system and they're underfunded and all that. And they're running yeah. out of time, I understand that, but yeah. if I wasn't your average, they could see that I was as white as most, I was sick, I was vomiting, yeah. I had rigged ears, eyeballs were swollen to hilt, so I had roadmap eyeballs, but I couldn't see for three days. Yeah. I could hear voices, but I couldn't see the face. Wow. Scary. That would have been scary, yeah. Yeah. I I thought I was going to go blind, and chemo has made me go blind, so. Yeah. But chemo keeps it under control. Okay. So how did you get through it mentally? What sort of network did you have available, and were there times where you like, fuck it, I'm out, I'm over it? Yeah. There was, if that had said dialysis, I would have said that I would have died. Because okay. dialysis is pretty invasive, and in the end, you need an organ transplant or you do die. Yeah. So, how do they do dialysis? I remember seeing you in the hospital, but I didn't see the process of how they did it. They virtually just take your blood out and filter all the bad stuff out and put it back in. In my case, they took all my blood out and put someone else's back in. Okay. Because mine was toxic, it was something like 400 whatever they call it, but it was really high. Yeah. And it takes a long time. It's a long process to do because you were sitting there, like, for days. Yeah, I did it every, twice a day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. um, It took probably four hours every time. Yeah. And then chemo took about the same amount, so you spent eight hours sitting and just getting treated. Yeah. I remember um, talking to Dad after and him saying when they were trying to get the needle I don't know what they were trying to get in into your cannula. Neck, a cannula yeah. and they tried to yeah. do it in your groin first and then your neck you yeah. had one of those fucking I'm over it moments yeah oh you hurt me yeah. there was a, a junior doctor again yeah he uh, he said oh, I can't get it in and I said you've got it in and it's hurting and it can't stay there and my leg is swollen up and he said no no you'll be right the swelling will go down in a minute and I'm thinking it's not going down it's getting bigger and I said if you don't take it out I'm going to pull it out yeah and um, he said oh well you're a silly person don't you you'll have to just uh, we'll have to do it again 
he tried once more and he did the same, put it back in and swelled up again. And then I said to him, the next time you're not putting it back in, go away. I don't want you to touch me. And he said, all right, and he went away and another doctor came in and he um, did the same. He tried to put it in the other, but they have to scan you first with an ultrasound. Yeah. And I had an artery in the road, so they couldn't do it in the other leg mm-hmm. or in the other groin. So then they said, we could do it in your neck if that's what you like. My arms, they couldn't get veins, so they couldn't do it in my arm either because they'd taken so much blood and I had mm. was any okay. So they put it in my neck, which was horrible. Yeah. I've still got it as a, a memento, my three-pronged tube monster. A, a scar? No, no, the, the, the um, cannula. Oh, the actual cannula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For yeah. keepsakes. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get through it? Like, how did you... I don't know. I I guess Dad was probably your biggest support. Yeah, he was. He was great. Yeah. He used to bring me in everything I needed. He'd be there when they opened or even before they opened. He'd go for walks because he didn't like hospitals. Yeah. He'd come back and he'd spend most of the day with me and then go home and bring me up. Yeah. Just tell me that he'd be back tomorrow and, you know, keep your shit up. Yeah. You'll be right. You're looking better and... I really wasn't, but he'd tell me. So. <laughs> that, that's his job, though, right? That's yeah, what a good I husband think the does. Worst, the worst of it was when they told me I could go home because I was nagging them, when could I go home? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, and you were very and, upset. Yeah, they said to me, they sent the mental health team up there after that. <laughs> <laughs> this lady's said, crazy. <laughs> Well, they said I couldn't go home because my blood count was too low and I needed another blood transfusion, so that night that's what I got. And yeah. the next morning they said to me, well, take it and see how it goes. And they said, sorry. And then later on in the afternoon, the doctor came in and he said, I don't really want you to go home, but I think it would be best for you. So yeah. the mental health team understood. They said, well, no wonder you've been in here that long and you've been through hell back. Yeah. So. Yeah. But... You know, they they um, did it all and it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor that you see now, you always, you know, talk very highly of her. So she she must be one of the better medical professionals. Yeah, she's head in, uh, I can't think of what it's called, but she's the head of the kidney team. Yeah. She was one of the first people I met, but I can see her. Yeah. I had about eight of them when I first met them all. They were all walking around, poking and prodding me and yeah, doing what doctors do to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. But, but I was in the respiratory ward with kidney problems so because my lungs collapsed too. Yeah. That's where they me. So yeah. that, was, that was a bit weird. But yeah, how do you... Me. Sorry, on a side note, how do, you, how do you recover from a collapsed lung? Like what sort of stuff do they do? To help. Well they, well, they gave me breathing exercises where I breathed in deeply into my chest, which really hurt. Yeah. And um, my lungs picked up pretty good, actually, and lots of drugs that help the lungs recover as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess at the time, like, because I obviously come to see you because Dad had rang me and said, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't do this. I need someone to help me and Mum's not very well. I need you to come and help me support her. Um, 
I guess I don't realise the full extent until you start talking about it because I'm just like, oh, yeah, mum's got an autoimmune disease. She's been through shit. She'll be all right. But then when you start yeah. talking about it, it's like, holy fuck, you went through some crap. Yeah. Yeah. The worst was the pain of the kidney failure. I remember the, uh, the uh, biopsy. The needle was huge and they, had, they could numb me back, so they put the needle right in, but they couldn't numb the kidney. Yeah. And they took pieces of the kidney. that's the only way you can find out whether you've got kidney problems yeah so they did that three times so they had nurses sitting on me to keep me still because every time they hit the kidney i wanted to hit the roof oh i bet yeah yeah, it was pretty cruel yeah yeah it was was a horrible part of my life but yeah I i got through it somehow i don't know how i just kept i must have been fitter than i thought you just kept going because you had to. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. I think a lot of us do that. I think we just keep going because we have to. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had any advice to anyone in regards to health and wellness and looking after our bodies, what would it be? Um, first thing I would say is if you're not getting a satisfactory answer, argue with the doctor. Because yeah. if your father hadn't argued that night, they sent me with the ambulance. I would have died at home yeah. because he argued with them that, no, you're not sending it back home again. And they listened to him. And, I, and then an older doctor come on uh, shift and he agreed. We're not sending her anywhere. We've got to get her to bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people, they go, oh, well, the doctor knows best, so we'll just do whatever they say. I think they yeah. just take it as gospel because they're a doctor. Yeah. 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 If you can imagine pain, a really excruciating pain from your hips right up to your shoulders. Yeah. Into your neck. So that's not kidney failure, but it was. Yeah. And I suppose everyone's different too. People respond different ways to different things, so it could be different for everyone. Yeah, no kidney. Your kidneys, you tell by the pain through your waistline or the back of your... Yeah. But um, for me, because I've been in kidney failure for so long, I'm lucky I'm still here. I don't know how I did it. I must have healthy kidneys. I haven't anymore. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure I heard Dad whisper a few times that you weren't allowed to. You weren't allowed to go before him. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He used to tell me that, tell me that he loved me. Yeah. That was very sweet. Yeah. It's very sweet to have that, that support. Because a lot of a lot of people out there probably wouldn't have that, and probably just would have went, "Fuck it, I'm done." Yeah, you feel like it. It's not much fun, I can assure you. I would wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah. But hmm. that was my lot in life, and that's how I dealt dealt with it. I suppose that's my lot in life, and there's nothing I can do to change it. So I've just got to get over it. Yeah, move forward, keep going. I still go to hospital with doctors on occasion. They just try and stick me in. I'll argue if I don't feel like I want to go. Or yeah. That I should listen to them. But, but you just sit there. I can sit at home and do the same thing. <laughs> so you're not a fan of hospitals then? And you're no. def- definitely not a stubborn old lady who doesn't want to do what she's told. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you for giving me your time and interviewing you. Um, I'm okay. sure, I'm Anytime. sure that someone will get something out of your story and yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, but just remember that um, 
if you don't think it's right, keep plowing at them until they tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, your own body, that's what I'm trying to say. And my yeah. body was closing down and they weren't going to even acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think that's good advice too, to listen to your body and, and you know, you're the only person who knows what's going on. You know um, how it's different and... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was Definitely. too sick to argue, so if that wasn't there, I would have, um, yeah, so they yeah. would have just sent me home, told me to go to a doctor's. I wouldn't have got off the lounge that night. I probably would have died. Yeah. Well, lucky, didn't uh, Yeah, very lucky. I would be able to see you. <laughs> we're, we're lucky that you're here, Mum, and thank you for the interview. That's okay, anytime, pedal. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wellness with MZ podcast. It was proudly brought to you by thewellnessaffair.com. If you've enjoyed this episode today, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This will help us reach as many people as possible on our mission for health.